Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. I'm already excited for next year, man. Um, and I'm excited for what God's going to do here in this church. I was speaking to uh, Damaris and Claudia, and they're already thinking about next year. We've got our leaders already thinking about next year, so I can't wait to see what God has in store. Um, but you know what? We need to do what, what our part needs to do. We need, we need to plan, Right? If, if you want God to take you to new heights, you have to initiate the change, right? You have to sit down. You got to think about your plans. You got to write them out. You got to prepare yourself uh, for what is to come and know that even though it's challenging, it's all going to be worth it. Amen. I believe in that mentality, man. I, I think that we have that mentality here in our leadership. Um, it, it's a mentality that I'm, I'm trying to adopt that even though it's hard, we're going to get there. And And there is a promised land that God has in store for each and every one of you, church. But getting there is not going to be easy. And with that, I want to introduce this this brand new series that we're going to be in for the next several weeks. It's called Getting There. Um, We start with with the Exodus and we go through the whole story of Israel as they make way to the promised land. It's again, it's not easy. They face many challenges getting there. uh, But eventually they're they're in there. Amen. And um, obviously we can't cover the whole the whole story because it's like over four books. Um, but the journey, the, the journey of the Israelites, it takes over four decades before they enter the promise, uh, the promised land. So don't be discouraged. I want to I want to let you know, don't be discouraged this morning. If you feel like, you know, it, it's been taking a while and you're trying to get somewhere, you're trying to make things happen in your life. You're you're hoping that God is making things happen in your life, but you haven't got there yet. Just just be patient because God will come through. That's that's who he is. So with that, I want to get into today's word. If you have your Bibles, Exodus chapter three, verses seven through ten, Exodus three, seven through ten. Amen. And if you have it, you can follow along. If not, I got your back. It says, then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmakers, and I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Amen. And I just, I want to pray real quick. Can we do that? Father God, thank you so much for what you're about to do, Father. We're already giving you praise for the victory. And I pray right now, Father God, that you open up our minds, you open up our hearts, my God, as we get into this this new series and into this word, my God, I pray that it may may be uh, an encouragement my God, and, and uh, maybe even a little bit of a sting if it needs to, my God. Mess us up, Father God. Mess up our mentality if you need to, Father God. Take over on our spirits, my God. Let, let us let go of the pride this morning, the sleepiness, the tiredness, and let us focus on your word. And we all said, amen. Amen. So we're starting from ground zero here. This is the moment that, that God begins his redemptive work. Um, to take the Israelites to, to a better land, to the, to the land that was promised uh, to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Israelites here at this point have been in captivity in Egypt for over 400 years. 400 years, that's a long time. That's a very long time. 
And so for some of us, you know, we haven't seen God's hand in, in our situation in like 400 hours. And we're already like, God, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm not coming to church tomorrow. If you can't, if you can't come through for me, you know, I, I haven't seen you work in my life. How am I going to go and praise you? Right. This is 400 years. Imagine how the, uh, the, the Israelites feel their God has not been around. He's been silent. And the Israelites here at this point, uh, they have been enslaved. They have been stuck. And to be honest, they don't really know who their God is because they've been influenced by the Egyptian culture. They've been influenced by paganism, uh, the Egyptian gods. That's why, that's why coming out of Egypt, man, the Israelites, they, they had so much problems with idolatry. I mean, throughout the whole Old Testament because they were, they were uh, cultured by, by Egyptians, right? And so they kind of forgot about God. But you know what? God is so good. He still remembered the promise that he made to their fathers, so that's, that's so awesome to me, man, that, that we could forget about God and we can kind of check out for a little bit, but God still remembers the promises that he made to us. And if we just, if we just come back on track, he's going to try to work it out to where he delivers those promises, even in our constant failure. And so God calls Moses, you know the story, Moses will be God's ambassador to the Israelites and, and, and he's also going to be the ambassador from the Israelites to God and he obeys God and he sets out for Egypt to bring out God's people. And so I've entitled today's message, Getting Out, because in order for you to get to where you're going, you have to get out of what you've been in. In order for God to get you to the place that he wants to get you, he's got to get you out of your own place. So in order to get out, in, in, um, in order to get there, you got to get out. Amen. Many times getting out is the hardest part, right? Because it, it, it's even harder than the journey itself sometimes because it requires change. It requires adaptation. It requires you to break some of the chains that, that have had you bound for so many years, some of the addictions, some of the mentalities that you've had for such a long time, right? And so, so many of us, we're, we're stuck in this, in this kind of mud that we've allowed ourselves to sink into. And in order for us to get to clean waters, we have to cry out to God so that God comes and, and takes us out, right? And that's not always an easy process, man. Getting out is not always easy because as we've seen in Exodus, there's a Pharaoh who's not really an easygoing guy. You can't just go up to him and say, hey, can you let my people go? Sure, you can have them, right? That, that's not how it works. Pharaoh's a little bit stubborn, and, and he wants what he believes belongs to him, and so he's going to do everything in his power to keep the Israelites in place. And, and so, church, there's always going to be a Pharaoh in your life that is going to try to to keep you in the situation that you've been stuck in, that you've been trying to get out of for so many years, he's going to resist. And someone's going to come along and they're going to say, hey, let, let me have him. He doesn't belong to you. And your Pharaoh's going to be like, no, I don't think so. There is always going to be your own version of Pharaoh holding us down, resisting God's call for us to get out. And that Pharaoh comes in all shapes and sizes, man. And so, you know, for some people, God is trying to call them into their promised land and into what he's got them for, uh, for what he's got for their lives, right? But, but there's a Pharaoh of, of maybe fear. And God, I, I, don't, I don't know if, if, if I want to do this. I'm, I'm a little bit afraid to, to take that step of faith, right? And God has given you vision. He's given you dreams. He's given you some type of drive to start maybe a new endeavor. But you're too afraid of taking the risk. And that mentality, you have to get out of it because it's become your Pharaoh, Last week I was speaking to the uh, at this at this youth camp I, I mentioned to you, to you guys and on the first night I was I was talking about calling 
And I told them about my calling, you know, to, to be a pastor. You know, God called me and, and I, I, I resisted for such a long time. And, and, but he was preparing me for, for a time like this where, where he wanted me to be the pastor of, of this church. And, and um, there was a lot of things at first that I needed to get out of in order for me to, to position myself in, into that role. For example, I had to get out of my indifference to people's problems, right? And I told, I told the youth, I was like, one of the reasons that I didn't want to be a pastor is because pastors have to care about people. And not that I didn't care about people, it's just I didn't really care to listen to the problems that come every day as, as a pastor. I mean, 99% of pastorship is just people just, hey, can I talk to you? Can I see you in my office? Sure. Right. And, and, and so I, I knew that was coming because my dad for so many years, he's, you know, he's been a pastor. I've seen that. And and I had to get out of of that mentality. And God had to give me a little bit more compassion. And I believe he did. And so now when you say you want to talk to me, I'm like, all right, let's come. Come on, let's do it. Right. I had to learn how to get out of of certain things. Right. I had to learn how to care. I had to learn how to give better responses than than do that. That sucks. Right. <laughs> I had to get out of my indifference. And that's not all, right? Because when you become a minister, especially, especially a pastor, there are some character adjustments that you have to let go of, right? You have to make. Uh, my speech needed to, to change. The way that I spoke to people needed to change. My conduct, even the slightest bit of immaturity, had to change because no one wants to be led by an immature pastor, and so there's, there's things, right? Um, my, my ability to just always just choose the, the side of my friends because I think they're right and because they're my homies, right? I had to get out of that, that mentality. There was a lot of things I had to get out of. And maybe you, when you came to Christ, when God called you into his kingdom, look, he didn't, he didn't call you with the intent that you would stay right where you were. He didn't, right? You needed to change your mentality. You might, might have needed to change your heart. Right. You might need to change the, your, your inner circle, the, the ones that you uh, hung out with on a daily basis. Maybe you had to delete some phone numbers from your phone book. Those late night calls that got to get rid of them. Right. And maybe you're in a situation right now where God is trying to call you, church, into into a new place, a better place. But your Pharaoh has got a tight grip on you. He's like, I'm not letting you go. I want you to tell the person next to you, but tell them with authority. Get out. Get out. The human race, look, the human race, we're so flawed. Chances are there's always going to be something that we need to get out of. We're never going to reach perfection. We're never going to reach that state where everything is just good, right? God is always going to want us to take us higher and higher as long as we let them into new realities, new seasons, new mindsets. And so maybe you're trying to get out to your promised land, but there's a few things that you've got to get out of before you get there. And this could be a lot of things, right? Um, but I, I don't know, I, as I was typing my sermon, um, something kind of just, it just came to my spirit and it was, it was relationships and I'm not going to spend a whole, a whole message talking about relationships, uh, but sometimes our relationships are our biggest pharaohs and I, I'm not talking about boyfriend and girlfriends that too, but more so than that, some of our friends, man, we need to let go of some of our friends. Because our friends are the biggest pharaohs in our lives sometimes. I've known people who didn't let themselves be successful because they didn't want to let their friends down, right? They didn't want to leave their friends behind, right? And so because your friends can't grow or because they won't or because they refuse to grow, you don't grow either. We got to get out of that. And you know, 
we all have that one friend who's like, they're always jealous, right? You get, you get a promotion and you share something on Facebook and everyone likes it but that one friend. You know, you know, you're like, and you go through the likes. Maybe I've done it before. <laughs> you go through the likes, like, man, this person didn't like, dang, no love, no love, right? And maybe it's because they're jealous. Maybe they didn't see it, right? But we have all friends like that, right? Uh, you have a friend who, who only likes you when, when you agree with them. And, and the moment you disagree with them, you're like, whoa, whoa, what is this, right? That friend who never offers you positive feedback. Got to get out of those relationships. All they say is, dude, that sucks, right? Get out of those friendships. If, you're, if they're holding you back from where God is calling you to. Amen. Moving on. You're with me, right? All right. God says to Moses, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are, in ex- who are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. Have you ever told God, God, you don't understand what I'm going through? God, you, you, don't, you don't see it because you're up there on your throne. Everything's perfect. Everything's dandy. You're, you're sovereign. You, I mean, you control all things. You're all powerful. You're not weakened by anything, by pain. So you don't understand my pain. You don't know what I'm going through. I've told that to God several times. And I'm reminded of, of Job where he gives one final last complaint about God to his friend. It's in, it's in Job 31. And in, in verses 3 and 4, it says, he's, talk, he's kind of being sarcastic. He's saying, is not calamity for the unrighteous. Is not disaster for the workers of iniquity. Does he not see my ways and number all my steps? In other words, God, I don't deserve what I'm going through. Maybe if I wasn't a child of God, maybe if I wasn't supposed to be highly favored, maybe if I wasn't faithful, then maybe I would deserve this mess that I am, uh, that I'm in. But I am a child of God. So you're either evil as a father or you just don't realize what I'm going through. You don't see it. You're blindsided by it. Like, like some parents are with their kids that are going through some, something. We have no idea sometimes what they're going through. Right. And, and, and maybe it's because you just don't involve yourself with them or maybe you're just too oblivious. Maybe maybe their situations were not your problems growing up. And, and so you don't really know how to relate. And, and so we're blindsided. We don't see everything as parents. But look, I've got a God that says I have seen your affliction. I know your sufferings. I know your pain. I, ha- I can see it with my own eyes. And you know what? Help is on its way. That's what he says. Thank God we have a father, man, who as powerful as he is, as sovereign as he is, as glorious as he is, he still sees us little people because we are his creation. And he wants you to get out of what you're stuck in. I mean, that's really the whole theme of the biblical narrative, right? We became enslaved the moment that, that, that man disobeyed God and we became stuck and there would be nothing physically that we could do to get out of it, right? Um, there, there was nothing spiritually that we could do to get out of this, this hole that we dug ourselves in because our spirit was dead. What we needed was a savior. What we needed was a redeemer. Someone who was able to do what no other man was capable of doing ourselves. And just like that song says, man, I, I've seen him move mountains before. I've, I, I've seen him make ways before where there was no ways. If he's done it before, he's going to do it again. God is not blindsided by what you're in. He sees what you're stuck in and he knows where you belong. I just want to offer that encouragement this morning because sometimes it really does feel like, God, do you not see what I'm going through? 
I have prayed, I have fasted, I have positioned myself, I have aligned myself with your will, and yet you've got me suffering. What is, what is going on here? But he says, I know what you're going through. I know their sufferings. And verse 8 continues to say, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up to a land, to a good land, a broad land. See, God wants to get you out of the bad and bring you in to the good that he's prepared for you. You believe that? I don't know if you do, because when I wrote it, I was like, nah, that's, that's too straightforward. It's, it's too simple, right? If only I could make myself truly believe that, that God wants me out of the bad to bring me into his good, right? It's like, it's like deceptively hopeful. It's the best way that I could describe it. Because oftentimes, again, children of God are in the bad. So how can we really say that God wants to bring me out of the bad to bring me into his good? And I, 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 listen, I listen to this podcast. The host, he, he's an atheist. And um, every week he brings in Christians, I mean, like theologians, Bible scholars, apologists, Christian scientists. And then he goes into like a three to four hour debate with these guys. It's a super long po- podcast every week. But he, this guy, he's, he's so good at what he does. I mean, you listen to it, and he'll make you think. I mean, he, he often stumps his opponent. Sometimes it's the other way around. Um, but, but he had this one argument to make. He brought up Psalms 14. I don't know if you're familiar with that one. Um, but it, it, it's, where, it's where it says, uh, the fool says in his heart, there is no God, there is no one who does good, not even one. By the way, this guy, atheist, he knows more Bible than a lot of Christians. I mean, he just quotes it. And... And so his argument, he begins to say, that's not true. Like, as an atheist, as a person without God, I can do good. I can do more good than some Christians do. I can go and I can feed the homeless. And right, we, we, we know the story of the, of the good Samaritan, right? The Samaritans came from, from wicked people. Um, but, but he was the only one that stopped to care for the person in need, right? So he says, how, how is that true that... Me, even though I don't have God, cannot still do good. And then he says another thing. He says, there are things that God does in the Bible that don't look like anything that we would consider good. He was good. But as, as he was saying all of this, I was screaming at the speakers, dude. I was like, you can't use the same metric system with God that you do with human beings. You cannot, we, we don't, we're not on the same level. We're not on the same, we're not using the same standard of good, right? When we're talking about God, we're, we're no longer talking about good as, as you and I might understand it because what God calls good might look really ugly to us, right? And, and what God calls evil, obviously, it's tempting because it looks good. When Adam and Eve, when, when, when Adam and Eve were told, hey, all of this is good, but not this. Why did they reject everything that God called good and went to the only thing that he said wasn't? Because it looked good. So God can call certain things good and they look ugly to us and he can call things evil that look great to us. And so when you're a child of God and you've been faithful and you've been righteous and you've done all that he's asked, but you're still suffering, you're thinking you're in the bad. You're calling it the devil. You're asking everybody to pray for you. You're asking, you're saying it's a tax, but God's like, no, it's none of that. You're right in my hands. You're right where I want you. You're good, man. Paul knew it. James knew it. All the apostles, even though they were suffering, 
They, they weren't calling it evil. They were saying, this is God, and I'm going to rejoice because I know that I'm in God's good plan. So now, with that in mind, we have the confidence of saying that, yes, God does desire to bring you out of your bad and into his goodness. Amen? I'm getting off track. Where am I? Still with me, right? All right. Then God tells Moses, he says, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I want to read that again, and I really want you to pay attention to this. I will send you to the Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I love this. I love this. Because he doesn't call them children of Egypt, even though they've been there for 400 years. Even though there were generations that were born, lived, and died in Egypt. He doesn't call them Egyptians. He says they're the children of Israel. Even though Egypt is all they've known for the past 400 years, they don't belong to Egypt. They belong to their forefather Jacob, whom I named Israel because he demanded a blessing by wrestling with me all night. Church, you need to not forget where you belong and who you belong to. You got to remember that, right? Maybe, maybe you've been stuck for generations. Maybe, maybe your family has been stuck in this poor mindset. Or maybe your father and your father's father and his father, they all struggled with alcoholism. And you're like, well, I'm doomed because I'm, I'm just the same person as they were. And God is like, no, you don't belong to that. You are a child of mine. I have a, a greater purpose for you than what you've been stuck in. You got to believe it. You don't belong to that. You are my child. Doesn't matter how long you've been stuck. Don't think just because you're there, you belong there. I will bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. Man, that, man that's so good. I want you to picture something. We have, we have three parties, right? We have the people of God in the middle. We have Pharaoh on one side, and then we have Moses on the other side. Israel is, they're caught in the middle. And right now, again, they're, they're stuck. For over 400 years, they've been captive to Egypt. And Pharaoh isn't about to let them go. He's not going to go down without a fight. I mean, he's, he's ready to, to go into, into war. Because when the enemy has you, he's not going to let you go. He has no intention of letting you go. None at all. He wants to keep you where you are because he thinks that you belong to him. But God is saying, look, I'm about to send a Moses. I'm about to send a Moses to my people. And he's not sending Moses into battle unarmed. He's equipping him. If you read that Exodus 4, God is just speaking life into Moses. And Moses is kind of doubting himself. And God's like, no, nah, don't worry about that. I got you. I'm equipping you. I'm empowering you. Miracles are about to go down. The hand of God is about to be seen. And I just, I, I just imagine Moses marching down to Egypt He's got his staff. He's got his beard. He's just kind of doing like a little crip walk. I don't know why I imagine biblical characters doing that, but I just do, man. He's like, he's owning it, right? The same way that, that David owned it when he walked over to Goliath to, to finish the job. And he's so confident because he, know who's, he knows who's with him. And, and, and so he gets to Aaron and he tells Aaron, look, man, God, Yahweh, the God of Israel, he's alive. I know he's been silent for over 400 years, but he came to me and he said, I'm going to rescue my people. Man, if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will. Maybe the burning bush here, live. But look, 
He's telling Aaron, God is about to do something. God is about to do something. And I just imagine Aaron getting all crunk, right? He's like, man, I can't wait. Finally, finally, we're going to get out of here. Finally, we're going to get into the promised land. Finally, we're going to get there, man. Because we're getting out. We're getting out of this prison that we've been in for such a long time because my God, the Redeemer, is coming to release us. And so he gathers all of, all of the elders of Israel. And this is what he says. It's chapter 4, 30 through 31. I don't think I have it up there. But can I have Will come up? I'm going to have the whole, the whole band come up here. Chapter 4, 30 through 31. It says this. It says, Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had, that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and they worshiped. All right. Did you get that? I don't know if you re- I had to read it twice. But I want you to focus on the response. The response. That the elders of Israel gave. It says they believed and then they started to worship. They weren't even out of Egypt yet. The process hadn't even yet begun. They were still stuck, but they were already giving God the glory because they knew that it was a sure thing. See, when God, when God says that he is coming to rescue those who are being called for rescue, it's always a sure thing. God's not about to get lost trying to find you. He's not going to lose sight of where you are in the midst of the storm. He's not going to forget about you. It's a sure thing. When you surrender to God, church, listen, when you surrender to God and you tell God, God, I want out of this mess. I want my family out of this mess. I want us out of this pain, of this addiction, this fear, this mentality. And then God says, okay, listen, because I see what you're going through, because I have seen your affliction. I know your pain. And because you are crying out to me, I'm about to send you a Moses. Get ready. When he says that, when he says that and you receive it, you got to know, church, that your Pharaoh doesn't stand a chance. What follows has got to be belief, faith, and adoration because the victory is already won even though you're still stuck in chains. Maybe you're here today waiting. You've been waiting. God, get me out of this. I've been, I've been, I've been waiting, God. I've been, you, you said... You said that you were going to get me out of that illness. You said that I was going to get out of that debt. And I, um, you, I, you said, my God, that my loved ones were going to come to Christ. You said, because you heard my cry. Don't get discouraged. God is preparing. He's equipping. He's empowering a Moses to defeat your Pharaoh. You got to believe that. That's all we got to do is wait, believe, and align, and praise God for the victory. Because it belongs to him. I want to ask you to stand this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Can we do that this morning, church, at these altars? Come on. Come on. I'm just going to open them up right now. I'm just going to open them up. And we're just going to give God some praise for what he's about to do. It's happening. It's happening. God, the victory is yours. It belongs to you, my God. Even though I'm stuck in chains, my God. I know help is on its way. 
We're going to give you the praise this morning, God, that you deserve, Lord. Come on, church. Come on. Let, let's, let's cry out to God right now. I just want us to have a moment of, of, of worship and adoration for the King of Kings, for the victor. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.